Petavino. Um, we are here at the Unite Studio and you are listening to dance and culture around the world. And my guest today is Keti Sharif. Hi everyone. Um, Keti began dancing when she was 17. Um, she comes from a multicultural background. Yes I do. Um, I'm actually Croatian, Macedonian and Greek. I've got that heritage, but I did end up living in Egypt for 20 years, so I do feel I kind of assimilated a lot of that culture as well. Okay, so you started um, uh, dancing at 17, but by the time you were 23, you were performing in Cairo already at the Hilton, mm -hmm. and um, you performed with live bands, yes. live music. Yes, my very first experience in belly dancing was actually in Australia with live Arabic bands. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I went to Egypt, where I had a beautiful band, folkloric, traditional, and also modern. So, yeah, I've been very spoiled with music, and I've loved it. And, of course, that ended up becoming my trajectory. Uh, until today, I'm still mm. working with live music. Mm. So while you were in Egypt, um, you told me earlier that you did a lot of research on the cultural aspects of, um, of dancing, Egyptian dance and music. And you've put together uh, a book yes. called Belly Dance. Yes, that's right. Um, and some CDs and some um, performance um, and production DVDs as well. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so we will hear some, um, some of that music that you've put together. Yes, I've got quite a few field recordings. Uh, I was recording a lot of the traditional and indigenous music. So we've got some field recordings. Um, uh, we also have some rhythms uh, that are very lovely and quite different and some songs that I've selected for the audience to hear mm. as well. Great. Um, so Keti's uh, production partner, Sam, is also, um, he's an Arabic drummer mm -hmm. and um, they run together um, Rhythmic Essence and uh, they um, have also some um, community classes where Keti teaches belly dancing and um, Sam plays the drum. That's right, they're lovely classes. We call them the Drummer Dancer Interactives and it's just a great way for dancers to really experience the roots of the rhythm, you know, the, the base of all the music and songs and because it's uh, very much something that leads your dancing body, it's great for us to start from the roots, which oh. is all about rhythm. Yeah. Here's a CD actually. Um, Sam researched, he was in Egypt about one and a half years ago researching 40 Arabic rhythms. Uh, a lot of drummers play about eight to ten core rhythms but um, Sam being a professional DJ and also conga player from before with his Arabic roots uh, he decided to go in search of Arabic rhythms so as you know Monique you're doing our classes <laughs> we bring a lot of those rhythms in because we want to expand people's minds and know that um, the Arabic music and culture is so rich mm. got so much to give the world I confirm yeah. <laughs> um, and now you're working also on a um, on a theater production called Isis Rises can you tell us a little bit about that yes uh, there's an Egyptian author called Mustafa Gadala he is a very famous Egyptologist he's written something like 20 books perhaps more and um, Isis Rises is really like an allegorical play that shows the symbolism of the story of Isis and Osiris. And um, 
It's a very beautiful play. It's pre-dynastic Egypt. So it's even before we have temples and all the hieroglyphs. We're really going into the deep symbolism of it. And um, it's beautiful. Dance, music, art. And so Sam is composing the music and you're choreographing the Correct. The and, dancing. and Mustafa is, um, you know, basically the, the playwright. So we're working with a wonderful team and that's what we're doing right now. It should take probably another six months or so and that should be out for the public to see. Great, I can't mm-hmm. wait. <laughs> so can you tell us a bit about the different rhythms um, in Egyptian music that we can dance to and what they correspond um, in, in terms of culture, what they correspond to and um, in what situations um, the music has evolved and how it has evolved throughout the years mm-hmm. and time? Well, look, the Egyptian rhythms, some of them are very old and soon we'll play uh, some of these rhythms from from the CD. One of the oldest rhythms is called a Saidi rhythm, and shortly we can play that. Uh, the Saidi is a nice heavy uh, eight-four rhythm. It's structurally designed actually for a man's martial art like um, taktib, mm. which is a martial art uh, movement sequence. It can be translated onto stage into dance. But it's more like uh, they're stepping, and the rhythm you hear goes dum tak, dum dum tak, dum tak, dum dum tak. And what that does is makes you want to jump forward. And the women, of course, do a dance called El Asaya, which has a little stick, like a small, uh, almost parody version of what the males are doing, but it's altogether more feminized. Hmm. Mm, so that's a lovely piece. Okay, and. So if you, would you like to have a listen to yes, Saidi? Yes, sure. Okay, so this is a rhythm called Saidi, and it comes from Upper Egypt, which is around Luxor, Aswan and Kenna, and it's a very traditional rhythm. That was um, a short snippet of Saidi. That's right, from, and from um, the research that Sam has been doing. And of course, you know, in our, in our workshops, I show the dance movements to that and he plays it. And of course, he teaches. He teaches, uh, yes. plays that with him. There are other rhythms. They come from a rhythmic group called the Baladi family. And Baladi means of my country, my country. So these are really grassroots rhythms. They're often 4-4, four, 4-8. Four, four, but they're, they're like a heartbeat. You know, they have a lovely feel. And often, it's interesting, they're played at 120 beats per minute, which is like twice your heart, right? Mm. So they're really, they're heart, hearty and heartful. <laughs> they, they feel good to move to. And um, this, for example, is a Mazmur de Kabir rhythm, which we're going to play now. If you can imagine yourself just stepping and swaying to this rhythm, it feels very earthy.
So that was um, what we just listened to was Masmoudi Kabir. That's right. And Masmoudi Kabir is a very traditional Egyptian rhythm, an Arabic rhythm from the Baladi family. But it's interesting that uh, during the 50s and 60s, there was a lot of experimentation with Latin rhythms. And it's interesting that uh, actually the first dance troops in Egypt were Argentine troops. Mm. So that was the first time they saw folkloric dances from another country. Mm. And then a lot of artists decided, well, why don't we take Egyptian dances and put them into a theatrical um, sort of setting. So we have artists like Mahmoud Reda and Farida Fahmi, this uh, beautiful woman here, who ended up taking traditional indigenous Egyptian dances from various provinces around Egypt and translating them to the stage, which meant they had to develop a slightly uh, different way of, of projecting the art. But what's beautiful about what they did is they, they retained the essence of Egyptian dancing, even though it was in a theatre setting. They even performed in Jordan, they went all around the world. Uh, King uh, Hussein actually gave them the, awarded them the Star of Jordan mm. for beautiful performances, because as you know, Jordan was uh, very much promoting the cultural arts and there was good affiliations with Egypt. Uh, they went all around the world, they performed in 64 countries, showing traditional Egyptian art. It was really beautiful. Now you do get some crossing over of rhythms and I'm going to show you another rhythm called the rumba masri. So if you can imagine a rumba rhythm that's combined with an Egyptian feel, this is something like what it sounds like. Can you tell us a little bit also about the music and, and um, special events for weddings, for example? What kind of dancing do people like to, um, to, to dance during weddings? Absolutely. You know, the Egyptian dance is such a vital part of their culture, especially the social culture. And mm. uh, the wedding is often, the wedding rhythm is called the Zafa, El Zafa. And with the wedding, it's beautiful because the zafa is a strong rhythm, it's a marching kind of rhythm that often was accompanied by horses uh, lifting their uh, legs up to the rhythm, so it was like a procession. And then if you can imagine that in the village first the horses come on with their drivers and then before the bride and groom come on, a dancer with a shamadan comes on, she has a big candelabra. And this candelabra is full of uh, candles and flames that probably have roots in the old Zoroastrian religions where the fire was a cleansing force. So she comes out to this loud music, the mizmar, um, various Arabic instruments, strong zaffa, uh, rababa, all the traditional instruments, and she comes out with a fire to cleanse the space. So that symbolically cleanses the space. And then the bride and groom come on to this cleansed area, let's say, and then the dancer dances for them, and often without the candelabra, because then the dance is more about fertility. So it's like bestowing a sensual um, rite of passage for this new couple to enter into a space where there will hopefully be fertility and a lot of children and a lot of love. <laughs> so this, this now is a zaffa rhythm. It's a really lovely marching rhythm.
visualize the horse. Yes, it's beautiful, isn't it? And again, this comes from El Said. Yeah. The, uh, and the Said region, they call it Upper Egypt, even though it's not at the top of Egypt. It's because of the way the Nile flows. Mm. So um, Lower Egypt is actually up in the Delta Alexandrian mm. area. So yeah, Saidi is a, still a powerful um, uh, rhythm. It's, it, they have powerful music there. And I did some field recordings mm. as well, uh, if you'd like to listen. Um, under Saidi, we have a traditional song now that I recorded in Luxor. And this is um, a gentleman singing, tra- traditional ballad. And they're playing a rababa, which is like a coconut shell violin. So it's made of a, a wooden okay. stick with some horse's hair and a little coconut at the bottom. And then it's played yeah. with a sheepskin, <laughs> sorry, it's not sheepskin, with a, a sheep's gut, right? Oh. Uh, a string is made of sheep's gut. <laughs> yeah. So it's very natural. Wood, horse's hair, coconut, sheep gut. Okay, let's go. Okay, so this is a field recording. in this beautiful song um, we hear some singing in the background it's not very very loud compared to the music but we can hear it mm-hmm. do you know what they're saying uh, roughly yes this is all a live recording and these are young fellows from Luxor Kenna and Aswan and uh, they're a band usually bands are families uh, not always but often in the El Said region the band is actually they're related they're all cousins etc and something about the Saidi uh, sense of humor always comes through in the music so they have a funny um, uh, funny lyrics sometimes like this song for example He's saying, how can you call yourself a man when you haven't even rolled your moustache yet? (laughs) So he's saying, um, you're not really a man because you didn't grow a moustache, so you never learnt how to roll it. (laughs) It's it's a funny song. So uh, they they have a great sense of humour and it really does come through in their music. Mm. Mm. So um, there's also, uh, we often hear about the balladie rhythms. You've mentioned it a few times already. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about um, balladie? 
Yes, ballady originated, um, I mean, look, if we go back to the 30s and 40s, we already had ballady emerging as a strong force. If you think about the 1940s to the 50s, the Egyptian cinema industry was the fifth largest in the world. It was comparable to Hollywood. Mm. And in fact, there were some cross-pollination between Hollywood and Cairo at that time. So a lot of the European orchestral sounds started to seep into the Arabic music. And of course, you know, even if we go back in history, we've got the Ottomans who came through with their own special kind of music because Egypt was under Ottoman rule for so long. We had the French, uh, we had various nationalities coming in. Mm. So the ballad orchestra went from those instruments, uh, which we called a takt band, like the rababa, the mizmar, all the very traditional instruments became replaced with other instruments like the piano accordion, the European piano accordion, the kamenge, which is a violin. Mm. So the rababa was a predecessor of the kamenge, but the kamenge altogether took the more European form, although they play it slightly differently. And even the piano accordion is actually played differently uh, because the Arabic people don't use like the Italians do. The um, uh, One of the hands that, that presses down there, they only use the keyboard, mm. right? So they don't have the droning sound. They'll use their flutes and things for the drones. Yeah, so ballady music uh, later in the 60s, then uh, the saxophone came in. So there were different sounds, but ballady music is like the blues of the Middle East. Okay, so let's say we have the African-Americans in America that developed a certain melancholy yet soulful uh, kind of music, the blues. Mm. Now, if you think about the Egyptian people, in the 20s we had the Industrial Revolution. A lot of people from the country, al-balad, ended up coming to the city and one thing they missed was was their country they were in the big smoke in the city and it wasn't the same as in the village so they started to sing songs of love and loss and and longing and there is this beautiful deep melancholy passion that comes through in ballady music a lot of question and answer between the instruments a lot of missing a lot of longing and of course when the dancers like Suhir Zaki started dancing to ballady because that wasn't done before it was just all sort of fun but when the belly dancers started to dance to much loved music like ballady music and later Om Kultsum's compositions you see the dancing became more soulful okay it became deeper there was mm. even a melancholy mm. so instead of just this joy joyful art suddenly we get a dance that tells more story and the dancer had to adapt. So here's some ballady music. Um, ballady, again, means of my country and Ahmed Adawaya was always a very famous ballady artist. So we can listen to a little bit of, of how ballady sounds. Thank you for that music. It was very, very melancholic sounding. Very it's soulful, really, yeah, you can really lovely. feel that emotion mm -hmm. in it. Um, 
a lot of us know Um Kalsum by name. She's extremely famous throughout the world. I think mm. if there's one um, singer from the Arabic world that a lot of people would know, it's her. Yeah, it's very heartfelt song. And mm -hmm. she comes, I think, from what I understand, from the ballady style of music. That's right. Um, now, Um Kalsum, I mean, what an artist. She has a radio station dedicated to her 24 hours a day. Wow. In the Arab world. And wow. if you want to tune in every single day of the year, you will hear Om Sum playing from morning to night. Um, she was much loved. Now, Om Sum began her career, What it wasn't really a career. She was singing uh, with um, sort of like a, almost a small choir because her father was a sheikh, mm. okay, an Arabic Muslim sheikh. And because he had this choir or this group of, of young people singing, he had to hide the fact that Om Kulthum was his daughter. So at that point, she was actually dressed as a boy. Okay, she was dressed as a boy when she was like 11, 12 years old. But of course, um, you know, everyone was listening to her and saying, what a beautiful voice this young boy has. And it came to the point where as she got a bit older, it was a bit difficult to hide the fact that she wasn't a boy, she was a girl. <laughs> and uh, it actually was quite revolutionary, re revolutionary in that time for her father to, as a sheikh, to say, okay, everyone, the, the child singing is a girl, it's my daughter. And uh, after that, I guess there was a cultural shift as, as well around women in the arts. And she ended up um, having some of the best composers, Bali Hamdi and other wonderful composers in Egypt, writing songs for her. Now remember, in Egypt in this golden era, the 50s, the 60s, we have famous composers working with famous poets and famous singers, all to create a beautiful song. So it's not like today where it's a one-stop shop. There it was like three important parts to, to create the ballady music. And Omkotsub's music became so heartfelt because it was the ballady music that spoke of home, loss, love, longing. And now, uh, for example, we can play two of these songs. Two well-known songs are Lisa Fakir, Do You Remember? So heartfelt. And another song is Enta Omri, You Are My Life. Mm. And in Enta Omri, she says Habibi about a hundred times like when she's singing it live. And every single time, she says it differently, she sings it differently. So here we are, this is Lesa uh, Fakhir, do you remember? Lesa Fakhir, We're going to take a little break here and we will continue um, more belly dancing rhythms in a second part of this 
Great. Um, we'll look at some rhythms and music, and I'll talk a little bit more about how the dancer experiences the rhythms and the music and how it's kind of changed over yeah. the decades as well. Yeah, I look forward. Thank you, Moni. Thank you.